thousand people in one day uh, here in Indianapolis. And so to help with that and to help with the cost, uh, we'll be receiving a love offering for our wonderful partners that we love partnering with, Convoy of Hope, on May 20th. So we'll talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. Yesterday, ladies got together, filled the atrium uh, of our church and had another purse auction and raised over $4,600 uh, for ministry purposes uh, here in the church. Uh, the ladies over the last several years raised money and funds for playground equipment. You can go and see that uh, if you haven't already seen it uh, here in the church. And so this is going toward canopy and some things like that uh, for the ministry efforts of the church. Also, a couple of things coming up. Let me mention next week we start a brand new series. So it's an awesome week this week to invite someone to church. Uh, because you, you can talk to them about a new series that's starting at our church. And I want you to say, and it's called My Crazy Family. All right? So especially if you know some crazy family. I think that's all of us, right? Uh, we know some crazy family people and whatever. And so maybe you work with them and whatever. Yeah, some people are pointing to them. And so uh, anyway, next week... We will be starting that new series, and it's going to be a, a, a talk and a series based on the book of James. James was the brother of Jesus. So you talk about pressure, right? When your brother is Jesus, right, and your mother says, why can't you be more like Jesus? I mean, that's pressure. So James has something to say about my crazy family. And so we'll be looking at the book of James for the next four weeks so they can get in on the front end of that series next week. So bring a guest with you. Also, the second week of that series is incredible because it's Mother's Day. And so that's a huge day on the calendar. We're going to have an awesome photo booth set up in the lobby so you can take family portraits uh, out here and uh, bring mom, bring you know, whoever with you and take some family photos. And then we're going to have a gift for all the ladies that are present and two grand prize gifts that we're going to give away on that day as well. So it'll be a fun, fun day here at Crossroads on Mother's Day. So be sure and invite someone to be with you. Well, today we're wrapping up a series that has just so gripped and touched our church in a significant way. I've had so much feedback uh, about this series. Some people saying they don't want it to end, and yet we're, we're going to move on next month to a whole other topic, and I believe an exciting series as well. But uh, today we're going to wrap up about finding happy. So I welcome you. Thank you for being here, especially if you're a guest today. Also, the many people who tune in via podcast. We welcome you and are glad to have you with us as we wrap up this series. How many of you know, especially if you're parents, that you do not have to teach your children selfishness? Uh, you know, one of the first words that it seems like kids can get a hold of is the word mine. Mine. That's mine. And you're like, I paid for that. You know, it's not yours. I, I, I paid for that. But they, they don't get that. And, and then there's another thing. As you get older, you know, maybe it can look like this 
in the bedroom. Uh, found this on the internet. So you can be right or you can be happy, but not both, you know, always. And so that's how it can kind of work in our lives. We find often that our image of happiness is thinking that clinging to things that we have will bring more happiness, when in fact it's sharing what God has provided that will bring more happiness. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at how the how of happiness, and uh, we have this graph that uh, shows us what scientific study has proven is that about 50% of our happiness level is predetermined in a genetic code that we have in our lives, and, and we've talked about that over the last few weeks. I'm not going to spend any more time on that today. You can catch the podcast from the last few weeks, but the, the big deal is that life circumstances is 10% of our happiness. And we think that number is just so much bigger, right? We, we think, no, that's like, that's like 90%. Because here's how we act is, oh, this happened to me. That explains why I'm not happy. And the study says, no, that's only about 10% of why you're not happy. That really, it's how you look at that happening, that situation in your life. That's really, it's, Paul would go along with this and say, it's not your circumstances that bring you happiness. It's your attitude toward circumstances that brings you happiness. Paul is a guy, and, and he you know, wrote from prison, he, he understood that you, know, you can't control what's ahead. I, I mean, he didn't know, am I going to live tomorrow? Am I going to die tomorrow? Uh, am I going to spend the rest of my life in jail? Uh, you know, it's out of my control. But he learned to take joy even in the midst of those circumstances and situations. And here's what I think. I think if Paul could do that in prison, you could do it in your subdivision, right? You know, in your apartment building. I think maybe you could bring some happiness in there. So over the last few weeks, we've been looking at habits of happiness. Just real quick, bring that up for me. Here's the habits of happiness that we've looked at. Nope, the list. I need the list. Did the list? There it is. There we go. Replace worry with prayer. Be thankful. Fix your thoughts. Put faith into practice. Savor the simple. Practice aggressive appreciation. Those are the six we've been looking at for the last three weeks. Today, we're going to look at two more. And my goal is we'll put this up on social media this week. The eight uh, habits of happy people. Okay. Uh, and we'll give those to you on social media. So if you're not connected with us, you need to get connected today so that you'll be able to have that list. But bigger than your circumstances is the God of our circumstances, right? The God who's over all things. And Paul says, even in prison, I can be happy. I, I can have fulfillment because here, as well as anywhere, you learn to trust in God. So let's look at the next verse after we left off last week where Paul was. Uh, here's what he says in verse 14. He says, even so, 
you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Now, let me just stop here and just say that word share is really a little bit deeper than just what we think of share, like shared my food or whatever. Uh, Really, Paul is saying you partnered with me. You came into partnership with me when you shared with me. Now, let's look at verse 15. It says, and as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia to other, no other church did this, Paul says. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you, right? You ever had that? Where, oh, you're so nice to me. You're always so giving, so giving, so generously giving, right? And Paul says, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to get more from you. He says, rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. And so I want us to look today at two more habits that we can have in our lives, two habits that can bring happiness to us. The first habit that we're going to look at is that we should give generously. Give generously. These habits will create, by the way, a cycle of happiness in our lives. Now, I don't know how it works at your house, but there's an area in our house where it's a little more challenging for us to be generous. And that's when it comes to food. All right? Anybody with me on that? You know, it's like when the plate is set down on the table, we go in for the kill, you know? And um, it, it gets real, real interesting when we go to this one particular restaurant that we like that they serve these huge portions. You know what I'm talking about? It's like no human being should eat all that food. And, you know, if you all order, it's just like crazy amounts of food. So we've got a system to where we'll just order one of these big appetizer salads that they have. And so we'll eat that at the beginning, and we'll share that, which, you know, again, that's kind of interesting because we look at everybody's pile of lettuce and try to measure, you know, okay, did everybody get the same amount here? We all, are we all good? Can we eat now? <laughs> you know, and, and then we eat the salad, and then the entree comes. And so then we get a big scoop shovel, you know, from the server, and we start scooping out, and, and we, like, start counting noodles. Not quite, but, but you know, it's like, mm, no, I think you got more. No, you got more chicken on your plate. And, and so uh, we're, we're kind of doing that a little bit, and then we got to get everybody happy, you know, that, okay, now we can start eating the entree now. Uh, because we're trying to share. And, and, you know, there's a part of me when we're doing that, the three of us, that I kind of want to say, you know, hey, a little Papa Bear thing where, you know, it's like, I drove here. <laughs> we took my car. I, it was my gas. And it's my car that's going to pay for this meal uh, when we're done here. Anybody with me on that, you know? 
And, and so, especially with our daughter, I'm kind of like, mm, you know, you're getting a free ride here. So if I got a five more noodles on my plate, I should have five more noodles on my plate. You know, don't be talking about I have too much chicken or whatever. And so, uh, you know, there, there's a part of me. But isn't it interesting that God, you know, God could pull that card. You know, God could say, what? What are you doing talking about your money? That's not your money. I gave you that money. That money that you have, you, you didn't get that on your own. I gave that to you. And <laughs> you're talking about your house that sits on my dirt, on my earth that I own and operate and that car and that gas. Oh, and you think your job, you think, oh, I work hard for the money, you know. And, and so therefore, you know, I, it's my smarts, my, my intelligence, my giftedness that got all this. Who gave you that giftedness? Who gave you those talents and those abilities in your life to be able to earn that money? And for that matter, who gave you the air that you breathe? You could couldn't even live another moment if it wasn't for me providing oxygen for you, providing sunshine for you, and all these things that, that you take for granted. You, if you anything, you ought to be grateful for anything you've got and thankful for what you have. But you know, it's hard for us to sometimes be generous when we think that's all we got. You know, this all the time I have. It's all the money I have. It's all the things I have. And logic says, you know, I only have so much. And therefore, if I give some of it to you, if I take what's on my plate and put it over on your plate, now I've got less than what I had. That's what logic says, right? But God says, don't believe logic because my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And in the kingdom of God, it works different than it works in the world. As a matter of fact, God says, when you take care of others, I'll take care of you in your life. So there's this world benefits that come to us. All right? There's this world benefits. And there's research that's been done. Another book, the book uh, called The Paradox of Generosity says this, that generosity and happiness are connected. That generous people, they studied and found, tend to be, and you probably already know this, happier people. They have greater joy, a greater sense of meaning, and their health is better. Generous people tend to be healthier people, they found. And of course, God, of course, God made us to be this way, but the research says money can't buy happiness. But when you use it for others, it brings happiness to your life. Isn't that true? Have you found that to be true in your life? That, that when you give to others, that it, it gives back to you. So when you give online, maybe some of you do that this week. You, you give online and nobody even knows, nobody sees and whatever. And you give online, you go to the giving link and you give. Or maybe you have it automated. You don't even think about it. Every week you just give to Crossroads and, and, and bless the kingdom of God that way. Or every other week, however it works for you. And you, you just do that. 
Or you give an offering we took a few moments ago. Or you bring food for the, the pantry. And you, you put it on a shelf out here so that hungry people in our community can have food. Or you bring supplies for sheltering wings because we'll put a list out of things that are needed for the shelter. You bring in those supplies, those paper goods, or whatever it is. You, you put that out there. When you do that, Paul says, you reap a reward. Science says, you feel happier about yourself. Because when you give and you invest in others, you're really also investing in yourself. Now, I know you don't do it for that. You know, you're giving it to God. You're giving it to help others. You're giving it for a noble purpose. But just know, even when you give it for a noble purpose, still there's a side benefit of happiness that comes into your life. And then there's next world benefits. There's next world benefits that happen. In verse 18, Paul talks about sweet-smelling sacrifice. And, of course, when he's talking to people in the ancient world, they would know exactly what he's talking about because they would offer sacrifices, not just in Judaism, but also in other religions. They would offer sacrifices and it was trying to appease gods or to appease the Lord God. And, and so they would talk about the sweet-smelling sacrifice that would come up. And Paul says, hey, when you give, when you, when you put it in the bucket, when, when you click online and you give, when, when you bring groceries, when you, when you go, when, when you're in the drive-thru and you look in the rearview mirror and here's some mom about to pull her hair out behind you, you know, she got 49 kids in the, in the minivan and all, and you're like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> that, that poor woman. And you're like, pay her bill too. When you're bringing mine out, just ring her out too and tell her it's just a blessing from God. And so you do stuff like that. Paul says when you do that, you bring happiness in your life, but you also pay it on ahead. It also goes forward in your life. You know, it's kind of like this. If, if you were gifted 50-year-old shares of Disney, can you imagine? 50-year-old shares of Disney stock. And if that was given to you, you would go down to Disney World and you'd be all excited about the long lines, right? You'd be like, this is awesome. This place is packed, you know? It's like wall to wall here. This is awesome. And look, people are buying stuffed animals. Buy some more, you know? And balloons and shirts and whatever. And all. Why? Why would you be so excited about that? Because you've invested in it. You're invested in it. And Paul talks about this. He says, when you give, you are investing into the kingdom of God, and that's way better than the magic kingdom. When you give into God's kingdom, it's not magic, it's miracles that happen, and you begin to share in the victories of other people's lives. I mean, when 10 people on one Sunday or whatever get baptized here at Crossroads, there's something in you that I'll say, I had a part in that. I, I had a part with that. When at the end of a service, a bunch of hands shoot up and say, I want to commit my life to Christ, something in you ought to say, oh man, I had a part in that today because I put something in that bucket and that provided the place for that person to be 
be able to come to know Jesus today. When those kids come to know Jesus back here in the kids area, you had a part in that. And so not only should I get excited, Paul says you ought to get excited. How many are excited today? See, we, we use it, Paul says. We celebrate, we use it because it's working in people's lives. I mean, the Spirit of God is swirling around this room today, right? I mean, when we were in worship a few moments ago, I thought maybe Jesus was coming back, you know? I thought maybe this might be it, you know? I'm about ready. I'm about to lift off, you know? And, and so when we come into this place, here, here's the thing. We're providing. We're setting the tone. And Jesus showed. He said, you've you got to watch so you're not investing only in things where moth and rust and thieves can steal. He said, you need to also invest in things in the kingdom that you can't see right now. Because one day you will. And so you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And Jesus said that even if you give a cup of cold water, just as much as a cup of cold water to someone who needs it in my name, you will not lose your reward. You see, God wants to give back to us as we give to him. And so here's what I want to do today. I just want to stop right here and just say what Paul said to these people. I want to say thanks to those who tithe here at Crossroads. I want to say thanks to those who have automated giving set up to where you just give every week, every other week, whatever it is, but you don't even think about it. You don't have to be tempted not to do it or whatever. It, it, doesn't, even, it doesn't even come to your mind. You just automate, and however you do it, I want to just say thank you like Paul said. Paul says, I just want to thank you for your generosity. I want to thank you that it's like a sweet-smelling sacrifice to God, but I want you to know that I personally want to thank you for your investment in the kingdom of God. And today, I want to just stop right here and just be like the Apostle Paul and say this church family, as your pastor, I thank you for your generosity to this church family. You make this place possible. You make this environment possible to touch this community like it's never been touched before. To see people's lives change and transform by the power of the living God. You make it happen. So give everybody a big praise and thanks for doing that. Because I'm telling you, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It really is. But hey, hey, I'll be honest. It's not easy, right? It's not easy. Because I know Rochelle and I, when we first got married, we determined we were going to be tithers all of our lives. As a married couple, we were going to be tithers. We were going to be committed to that. But let me tell you something. It wasn't always easy. Because there were times where my salary went backwards, big time. There were times when bills rolled in, and I'm talking thousands of dollars worth of bills came in. And it was real tempting to say, oh, 
guess we can't afford to tithe. We, we can't afford to keep on giving like we were giving. And so here's what we did. Now, that's just our experience. But we just decided we were going to give to God first anyway. And I'll tell you this, so many years into it, I will tell you this, I have never regretted putting God first in our lives, in our home, in our marriage. I've never, ever regretted that because too many times we can think, well, one day, right? One day I'll be generous when I hit the lottery or whatever. Oh, I'm going to be generous. Let me tell you something. First of all, you're probably not going to hit the lottery, Because the odds are so far against you. If that's your retirement plan, you need therapy, all right? Because that's not a good plan. But even if you did, if you can't be generous where you are, what makes you think you're going to turn into a different person then? See, and so you've got to develop that attitude right now. To help you to do that, we've had things called the 90-day tithe challenge, and we've set that up here in this church, and I got another email. Kyle read one. I want to read another one I got just the other day. Good afternoon, Pastor Craig. When you first mentioned the tithe challenge to us, my husband and I looked at each other like, yeah, right. I just started grad school. My school got rid of bonuses that she works at, and my husband took, out a, took on a new job that came with a pay decrease. We had just adjusted our lifestyle so we could live off our new income and start paying a student loan again, so we prayed. And we ended up accepting the challenge. In January, when my husband took his new job, he was told that it would take him six months to a year to sell his first machine. Last week, not only did he sell his first machine, but he sold seven. God is good. We also... We also met with our financial advisor, and he noticed a way for us to pay off my schooling as I go. I just wanted to update you on all of the great things that God is doing for us since we are being faithful in our giving. Honestly, it isn't even a struggle since we know that God provides. Somebody give God a shout of praise. See, sometimes you just got to believe God is who he says he is, right? And he will do what he says he will do because God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. Trust me, God doesn't need what you have today. He just wants your life to be given over to him. The second habit is receive graciously. All right? We have to receive graciously. I heard about a Bono song. I looked up the lyrics this week. uh, Written by his father's deathbed. And he penned these words. He says, sometimes you can't make it on your own. 
And, you know, I'm sure he was feeling the emptiness, the void, the loss uh, of what was going to be his father passing into the next world. And and so oftentimes yet in our lives, we get so self-reliant. And I think in that moment, Bono realized, you know, I, I need somebody. There's just times in your life when you need somebody to lean on you. you and, and here's what can happen is self-reliance can actually get in the way of your happiness. You know, maybe you get a little bit prideful because maybe, you know, you've been doing good. You've been on your target since the first of the year. You've been losing weight. Maybe you've lost over 10 pounds or whatever, and you think you're looking good in your spandex or whatever it is now. And all at the gym, and and all, and you look at other people and say, "I don't know why she can't get it." You know, I don't know why she's not working harder than that. You know, I mean, I, here I am, you know, uh, doing all this and all. But but that's all good till you fall off the wagon, right? Till the holidays roll around again or whatever, and you put that 10 pounds or more on again, and the spandex goes in the drawer for a while, and the sweatpants come out. You know, sometimes in our lives, we, we look down at other people, and we can do this spiritually. We can say, I don't know why they're not praising God like I am. You know, I got my hands in the air like I don't care, you know. And I'm praising him and all. And, and I don't see why they're not praising him like that. Well, well see, here, here's the thing. When you're strong, you're strong not to look down on someone. You're strong to lift someone up. That's what you're strong to do. You're, you're strong so that you can also receive in humility. And how many of you know, sometimes it's harder to receive than it is to give. You know, it's more awkward. It's, it's like, mm, I don't like that. You know, you're giving me this and all, making me feel funny and all. And I just, you know, please, this is awkward. And, and so uh, sometimes it's like that. And, and so here's what some of us need to do is understand that both giving and receiving is tied into our happiness. It's part of our happiness. You know, and when we deal with life like it's mine and we have this death grip on things, it's no wonder we're stressed out and have hypertension. You know, just take your fists and just grip them real tight. Is that comfortable? No. See, God never intended for us to live life with tight fists. And did you know you can't give or receive with a tight fist? you got to open your hand to give or receive. And to get into the cycle of God's blessing, we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's pick it back up in the next verse here in Philippians, what Paul said. And I love this verse, and I love the way the New Living Translation puts it. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all, everybody say all, All your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. You know, God gives to us through other people. It's often through others that God brings something into our lives. And what he's doing is he's trying to set up a cycle of blessing 
in our lives. I, I saw this at work when I was helping Project Angel at Christmas time and, and a club that I belonged to, we were volunteering there and, and they had this humongous box of cans, canned goods. And some of it was fruit, some of it was vegetables. And one of the first tasks of that evening was to separate the cans, to separate the fruit from the vegetables. And so what we did is we had set up like a, like a line of people, and a couple people were in there digging around, and they get two cans of fruits out and hand it to the fruity line. And then uh, somebody over here in the veggie line, they, they get the veggies and hand them you know, over here. And then they pass them on, pass them on, pass them on until it got to another big box that we were putting those in so they would be separated. Because the intent was to put some boxes together that would have an assortment of food in it. But we had to get it sorted before we could do that. And, and the thing was, is as I was in that line... I couldn't grab more until I let go of what I had. Hello? See, I had to let go. If I'd have just said, mm, no, I'm going to hang on to these, well, I'd have held up the line, right? It would have messed things up because I couldn't hold all that. But more cans, more cans flowed through my hands that night because I let go of what was in my hands. And God sometimes is wanting to get blessing into your life, but he can't because you won't let go of what you already have. And you'd have a lot more if you'd get into the cycle of blessing where God could operate like a river. How many know what I'm talking about today? The cycle of blessing in your life. And, and so Paul says, let me tell you something. This same God, I love this. I love how Paul puts this. He says, this same God, who by the way, knew where I was, that I was in prison in Rome. And, and I looked up this week on my screen, on my, on my computer, and I looked up, how far is Philippi from Rome? And it's like over 800 miles. And, and here's Paul in prison. Maybe, maybe thinking, nobody cares. Nobody even knows I'm here. God, are you there? Do you even care? Have you ever had those moments? Huh? Two of us? Huh? Ever had that moment where you're just like, do you not even know? You know, nobody cares. I think everybody's forgotten about me or whatever. But oh, hang on, Paul, because God through the Holy Spirit is about to speak some, to some people over here that you've had a 10-year relationship with in Philippi. According to the book of Acts, Paul came there 10 years ago. And ever since that time, they've been partnering with him wherever he went, whenever he needed it. And God comes down in Philippi and says, hey, you Philippian people, you need to take an offering and you need to 
to send it over here to Rome and you need to give it to the Apostle Paul because he's in prison right now and he needs to know that people care and that I care and that I'm still on the throne and I've still got things under control and all of a sudden these people give an offering and it comes over to Paul and Paul gets encouraged. Paul gets lifted up. I'm here to tell you today that you may feel at times that you're down in some hole somewhere, that nobody knows you, nobody cares about you, that everybody's forgotten about you, that doesn't even God know where I am. I'm telling you here today that God not only knows your name, he knows your address too. You can be in a palace or a prison and God still knows where you are. God can provide this same God. I mean, he knows you today. I'm talking to somebody who maybe came in this church and somehow or another, that bill just seems so big. That situation seems so incredible. That, that problem in your life seems so insurmountable. And somehow the enemy's like, hey, nobody cares. Nobody cares about you. Nobody even knows you exist. You're nothing. You're, no, you're going down this time. I came to encourage you today that the same God, I love how Paul put that. The same God that knew that Paul was in Rome so many hundreds of miles away knows exactly your subdivision right now. He knows exactly your apartment number. And if you're living in your car, he knows exactly where it's parked. And he can bring to you exactly what you need exactly when you need it. Somebody give him praise for that. And then I love this. I love this. I love this. Paul's not done. He's got a few more lines to write, okay? He got a few more lines to write before he's going to end this book, this letter. But he's just got to stop. He's just got to stop and say, now all glory to God, our Father. You know, sometimes in your life, you just ought to hit the praise pause button, you know? Sometimes in your life, you ought to just stop, and instead of thinking of what you don't have, start looking back at all you do have, and what God did five years ago, five months ago, 50 years ago, maybe, in your life. Maybe they told you you'd never have a baby, but look, they're in first grade now. How about that? Maybe they told you you'd never get well, you'd never be healed, but look at you. You're still alive. You're still here this morning. Maybe they told you you'll never recover from this, but God brought a check in. You didn't even know those people owed you any money, but it came at just the right time at just the right. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know what he can do in your life? My God, I've seen him work. 
I've seen him do so many things, and he's in this building today. And he can touch you. He can change you. He can transform you. There are people in this church that they said they'll never come off of drugs, but they've been 10 years sober because of the power of God in their life. And Paul says, this same God can be yours. This same God that did this for me, he can do it for you. I don't know what you need to do about this this week. Maybe, maybe you need to get rid of some pride. Maybe at the end of service when we have prayer partners down here, maybe the Holy Spirit would say, hey, you need to go let people pray for you. Oh, I, I got it together. I, at least I want people to think I got it together. Maybe you're prideful. Maybe you need to humble yourself today and let somebody pray for you this time. Maybe this week you need to be a little more generous towards somebody else. You see somebody in need and you give. You, you, you feel a burden for something and you give toward it. And you get in that cycle of blessing in your life. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know today that if you'll live life with an open hand, you'll be more happy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And such joy comes into our lives when we partner with you. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Craig, I need to grow in generosity. If, I, if I'm honest today, I, I'd say fear I'd say uncertainty. I'd say there's things that come into my life that hold me back. I'm not as, I'm not as, as generous as I should be. Or maybe some of you would say, you know, pride can get in the way. Sometimes I'm, I'm uncomfortable about receiving graciously. But either way, I don't want to cycle a blessing in my life to be broken. As a matter of fact, I want that cycle to be just operative like it's never been operative before. If you're like me and you want that cycle to happen in your life, will you just stretch your hand toward the Lord right now and just say, yes, I'm open to all God wants for my life. I want that cycle of blessing to operate in my life today. Father, I thank you for every hand raised in this place. God, I know that you want to start a cycle, maybe a new cycle, a blessing in somebody's life this morning. And so, God, we want to let go of what's in our hand so you can let go of what's in yours so that we can receive it and then pass it on to somebody else. Or maybe today, God, for some of us, we need to let our pride go aside and we need to step out and let somebody else be God for us. Let somebody else be in the gap for us. And so, God, whatever it is today, I pray that you'll work in that. Maybe others of you, while we're still in an attitude of prayer, you would say that maybe God's not become uh, God in your life because you haven't received him graciously. Because maybe you're, you're kind of like what Bono was talking about. You're trying to do life on your own. You're trying to do it in your own strength, your own power, your own ability. And maybe today you would be honest enough to admit that's not really a great game plan. That eventually, if not already, you get to the end of your own strength. You get to the end of your own power. You get to the end of your own ability. 
And you need a higher power. You need a strength that goes beyond your strength. And if you're here this morning and you'd say, Craig, I need that in my life. I need God today. And I don't don't even know what all that means. But what I do know is I want to receive what God has for me. The grace, the mercy that was purchased for me through the sacrifice of His Son. As much as I understand it, I want to accept it today in my life. I want my life to start over right here right now if you want that just slip up your hand and say yes that's me yes I see that hand I see that hand God bless you guys over here God bless you how many others down here God bless you guys how many others up there God bless you over here God bless you back here God bless you guys all right there's been hands all over the room up there God bless you All right, there's been several around the room, every section. So let's just pray this prayer, church family, to encourage those who raise their hand to pray it out as well. Just say it with me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm calling out to you because I need you in my life. I know that you died for me so that I can live for you. And I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So I ask you to wash away my past. Free me of my guilt. Fill me with your spirit. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Let me have a new beginning with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's praise God for those. That's awesome. So awesome. Listen, we want to help you to grow in your faith. And there's a class that it's actually like a small group that operates called Starting Point. And it'll be starting up again.